It's the beginning of 2023, and I wanted to try something utterly different, which of course is taking myself out of my comfort zone, a little bit like the Leadership Learners podcast did two years ago when we begun it. It was utterly unpleasant. Thank you very much for the guests that part with me in those first few episodes as I was nervous, out of my comfort zone, and feeling deeply uncomfortable with the whole thing. But what I wanted to do was share that I've just had a, a very poignant birthday and being my 40th birthday that just passed. I wanted to share some of the things that I'd have told my 20-year-old self 20 years ago at the start of my career. One of the things that I always have been is a high-energy, want-to-get-things-done kind of person. But actually, especially in the last few years, I've realized more and more that the slower I do things, the more time I take, the better the result often ends up being and the less backtracking you have to do. So often is the case on a very packed to-do list that just to get things done is good enough, whereas the reality is, of course, there are some decisions that the more time you take, even if it's an extra day or two, the more people you speak to, when you actually end up doing that decision and executing it, you're far happier with the result and you know things have been done from a much better and educated standpoint. One of the areas that I'm sure a lot of people will be able to relate to is procrastination and putting things off, especially when the tougher things have got to be done. And for me, in the last few years, especially since my daughters have come along eight years ago, is that the more you put off the bigger and tougher things in life, often the worse they're going to get. Sometimes dealing with things that need to be addressed. And once you deal with them, you feel so much better. I wish I'd have done that much better over the recent years. And that is definitely one of the biggest learns that I've taken from the last few years of life, let alone business life. One of the things that we talk about internally is that empowering people to succeed is actually empowering them to fail. And it's one of those easy drop-away lines that I fundamentally agree in. But actually, I've always been, like a lot of people that do entrepreneurship or do their own businesses or people that do very well within them, very, very tough on myself. I think it's been a common thing amongst all of the podcast guests that we've spoken to in the last couple of years is that they don't like being bad at things. They don't like not doing things well. And actually, they really tend to beat themselves up when things don't go as well as they could do or perhaps should have done. One of the biggest progressions that I've seen in the last couple of years personally has been getting in a sense of awareness, not via my own methods, but actually working with a personal therapist for the first time. I've enjoyed working with an executive coach so much in the last 18 months, but actually understanding why you're wired the way that you are, of course, going back to childhood and of course, looking at the way that you were brought up has fundamental long-lasting reasons that give yourself not only more sanity, but also help to allow yourself, give yourself a bit of an easier ride when the inevitable mistakes occur. So for anyone that hasn't gone down that route so far, it can be a pretty scary first step. But when you do, I can't believe how transformative both for me and the relationships that I have in my life, how transformative that have been on my life every single day. So one of the things I absolutely would have told my 20-year-old self is that there's a much more important art to keeping things in check, keeping yourself sane, keeping yourself motivated than I previously would have imagined. When you're 20, 21 years of age, when you first roll for the first time, all you think about is rolling with the punches, living each day and each week as it comes. Whereas the reality is doing things like locked in daily, regular exercise and workout activity, reading and listening things, not just business related stuff, but knowing that you're going to need a bit of a spectrum of different things, depending on what your mood looks like, absolutely locking in rest and recuperation time where you do nothing for an entire week, having technology off related time. And also the probably the biggest thing out of all of them, 
is there are some things you're just going to have to muck up or not do very well to know that, wow, I wouldn't do it like that again. That is an inevitable part of business life. And you can plan and plan and plan. But the reality is there are some things you're going to have to do pretty badly, pick yourself back up and go, wow, I wouldn't do that again. I think that would be a, a big thing that I'd have told myself a few years back. Sales and services sectors tend to be quite good at is knowing what you've got to do target-wise to be able to achieve your next promotion. I realized that in the last 20 years that I've had far more powerfully at some times than others is having a North Star that I'm gunning towards. I think everyone in target-related roles can be very good at getting in early or they can be very good at working very hard each day. But the reality is without something medium-term that means something deep to you, you're never going to be able to work with the enjoyment or the intensity that you otherwise would. And I've been interested in, even in the last couple of years, that some of the most successful people within our business and outside of that, when you ask them, what is the thing that's been your driving force at the moment? They admit to me, well, do you know what? I've been looking after my team or I've been, yeah, maybe thinking about other things. I'm not sure I've got one right now. The times where I have had a medium-term or a longer-term North Star that drives every single day of activity and energy that I'm spending, and I know what that's about, is definitely the times when I enjoy work and enjoy life so much more. So finding the method that allows you as an individual and allows me as an individual to know what that is on a semi-regular basis is of vital importance. And sometimes that will be someone or some people away from your core job, your core activity, your core industry, you might need someone that you can just chat to and work it out what that is. And it's so important to do so on a, at least an annual basis. An organization often goes through chapters when it comes to the evolution of culture and being able to achieve the long-term things that you're looking to do. Sadly, I lost my father at the age of 51 to bowel cancer. And what that really instilled in me very, very young was, poor, we only get to live this life once. We only get to have one career and that the people that you spend it with each and every day have got to align to the core ways you want to do things. Of course, you need to have a breadth of different personalities, backgrounds, and and, and opinions at the table. But fundamentally, I think sometimes we've all been guilty of maybe not having the right people on that journey with you. That's where some tough decisions sometimes have to be made. But fundamentally, life is short. And to making sure that you're surrounding yourself with people that you enjoy the company of and that you're all completely aligned with between what you're trying to achieve is such an important thing to do along that journey. One of the very toughest things to do for any founder is to make sure that there is that diary time away from the office where the founders or the people with the key opinions of what that top team should look like and asking yourself the biggest questions actually happens with the to-do lists, with the run rate, with the actions that you're looking to get in play it's very, very easy to live week by week, bump by month, and quarter by quarter. The reality is I know that sometimes when we've been able to do that and actually gone away and say, right, for where we're looking to get to is this personal or this way of doing things, the way that we want to do things. Every now and then you're going to get a hard answer of that question and the answer might not be right. But we all know that with only being able to do things once, and you're in control of things, making the right decisions for the key personnel and the direction that you take the business is absolutely your responsibility. But without having dedicated time to ask yourself those very, very uh, foundational setting questions, you might often be drifting along in a direction that you may not want to. Recently, when I did a bit of reflection in relation to the last 20 years, I thought back of were there many common things that are the same now as they were when I was in my 20s? And all of us have had bad jobs before 
I remember pushing trolleys at Sainsbury's when I was 16 years of age, cutting grass. But one of the things that felt absolutely identical is the fact I've never cared about job title, but I absolutely care about wanting to be the very best version of myself that you possibly can be. And I think sometimes for individuals going through careers that are always fixated on what is the next step like and what is the next step like, actually being extremely good at what you're doing right now is the thing that's going to give you so many more opportunities. And then maybe obviously from that, opportunities are going to present themselves. But having pride in what you do every single day and and really trying to be exceptional at what you do, not just good at at something, but exceptional at it is definitely something that I realize is the same as a 40-year-old as it was when I was 20. I'd be really interested to know if it's a common thing amongst founders of whether or not they also have shared for someone that started a business in their 20s, just the amount of insecurity that has plagued me over the years in relation to, am I good enough question? We talk about that syndrome of imposter syndrome all the time. It's a really commonly used phrase in in recent years, but I can absolutely categorically say whether it be the creation of a global business or a CEO role for the first time, I've constantly had that nagging doubt of, are you good enough to do this? And I think a little bit of that, as long as it's not overpowering, can be a great, great thing. But I would still say that lives with me today. And I'd definitely say I've got more awareness of my frailties as a 40-year-old compared to my 20-year-old self. I was not good at detail when I was in my 20s. I'm still not good at detail now. And I've just had to accept the fact that as part of a leadership team, which is what a CEO job is, is that you're going to have hopefully one or two decent strengths that are quite unique to you, but you need a top team that are going to be able to be good at the whole spectrum, but across the team of you. You neither should want to be great at everything, and nor will you be. And I think the acceptance of that is definitely one of the few benefits of turning 40 because you finally start to give yourself a bit of a break about that exact fact. One of the other things that I've definitely always felt a pressure on personally to be able to do is to own the solution to everything. In your 20s, early 30s especially, you think, right, there's a problem here to be sold. I must be the one to do it. And the older and hopefully wiser I've got, the more that I realize there are probably one, two people out there that know much more about this than I do. Let me go and speak to them to get some a, a much better ideas and grasp of so, some potential solutions. It's not on my shoulders. Let me go out and speak about that. And sometimes the role of a CEO, when you've got the most amount of accountability and responsibility on your shoulders, it gets tempting to wander back down that avenue again. And I think it's a very, very good reminder. And I would definitely be telling my younger self, this is not all on you. If you don't know it, simply go and find someone that knows a bit more about it than you do. up until the last few years, wasn't an area that we did very well in the early days, is actually the core reason for being. I think lots of businesses get started because maybe someone feels like they can do it a bit better or that they have a chance of being able to do it themselves. And only in recent times, when you truly arrive at not just something that can be a neon sign on the wall, but something that you live, you breathe, you're deeply passionate about as an individual, That is the time when you feel like every single day and all the people and all the meetings and work that you do, it has a proper long-term purpose. And sometimes you can't force that. Sometimes you have to have a year or two where you're existing and having some success, but it's okay. The arrival at something that isn't just a cliche or words, but something that really means something to you as an individual, as a founder, as the person that is driving the direction that you're going in, I would say that that in the last few years has been the greatest gift that you could have uh, from a business leading perspective. I hear lots on podcasts, the question asked, if you could go back and change, what would you change? 
And the answer is that list is a long, long list <laughs> from your own decisions around strategies that have gone wrong, offices that weren't right, and a whole manner of timing of things that you've done so much better or differently if you could. I do come back to that new realization that so many of these things, you've just got to go through the experience of not doing them very well to be able to know, wow, we're going to do that much better than before. I remember reading an article that actually an entrepreneur's sweet spot years-wise, I think it was a Harvard Review article, was between the ages of 45 and 55 because you've built up so much knowledge and so much learning and you've gone through and made so many mistakes during that time. And hopefully, therefore, as I hit my 40s, I'm going to be increasingly not as hard on myself as I would have been before this um, and make sure that these next few business years are going to be so impactful and so much more enjoyable than they would have been before. With all of the entry-level staff that we speak to that have just come out of university, the conversation I would absolutely be having with myself now, bizarrely as my father did with me 20 years ago, was please don't think that anything worth having is going to happen without an incredible amount of both ups and downs as well as it being incredibly hard work. Those are the things that aren't very fashionable to say these days, but I'm yet to have seen anyone that's been uber successful that hasn't had a combination of those things that result in them being very good at what they do and hitting the hitting the heights and targets that they want to hit as an individual. An area that I don't see spoke about much in the media is actually the building of emotional resilience. It's only something that in the last few months that I've become aware of, this phrase of what emotional resilience looks and feels like. But I think that phrase would resonate with lots of people that are going through a learning journey in their professional career, knowing that when the tough times happen, how that's going to feel and how you're going to react as an individual and actually working on yourself to make sure that you're building that emotional strength and resilience will be some of the best things that you can go about doing. There are a good few books on the topics but also being aware of it as a starting point and how emotionally resilient you are or fragile you are or brittle you are is a great thing in relation to self-awareness and will benefit you enormously in your professional career. It's been an absolute pleasure doing the Leadership Learns podcast and hosting it and chatting to many wonderful people over the last couple of years. We're really excited what season three is going to bring the Leadership Learns podcast listeners. And I hope, as I mentioned at the end of every episode, there's been some valuable things that everyone has taken away, as I know that I certainly have done as well. Mm -hmm.